So good morning everyone. Well, it's only two weeks till Christmas. That's crazy. Naomi told me this morning. <laughs> I didn't realise it was two weeks. I was like, crazy, this year has gone so fast and so much has happened. And, um, you know, I really believe that this morning, you know, I think we can get tired and we can get all caught up in this Christmas season and, um, you know, there are people already away now and, and that, but sometimes we forget we still need, need that touch from God. We need, we need a refreshing touch from God. And, and after that word this morning and the song this morning, I really know that God wants to have an encounter with us today. He wants to touch people's lives today. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you've been, no matter what's happening in your life, God can change it. God can heal it. God can um, give you hope. He can give you a fresh vision. He can do so much in your life. And I really believe this morning he can do that. Okay, so I want your hearts to be open. Don't, and someone right now, I believe, is saying, no, no, that's not me. That's not going to happen to me. My life can't change. Well, God is saying he can change it. Have faith, believe, and he will. Amen? So... Let me start off. Have you got a significant place or maybe you've had significant places in your life where maybe you've met God or things have happened in your life that have, um, you know, it's like a very significant place because I'm going to be talking about Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a very significant place and I had, I, I thought, well, yeah, where are the significant places in my life? And one major significant place in my life would have been Petersham Church. Um, that's a place where I totally gave my life to God. I mean, um, then I started serving him. I got baptised. I got filled with the Spirit. I met Louis. We got married. We had three children there and dedicated them to the Lord there. So it was such a significant place and it will be a place in my heart forever that, you know, I just know that, you know, it's just something I will always remember and always treasure, always re treasure that place because of what God did in, in my life and the significant things he did. I mean, not just those things, but the encounters I had with him and which spurred me on, which made me um, the person I am today and, and called me into ministry and all these things. And you see, we all have places of significance where we can remember when God touched us, where we can remember where we had an encounter with him. And I want you to think about those places today. I want you to think about the encounters that you may have had or mayn't have had or maybe you want an encounter because today I feel that you can have one. Um, you know, little old Bethlehem, we all remember it as the place where Jesus was born, this place of significance, an encounter with God. The shepherds had an encounter. The wise men had an encounter. I mean, Joseph and Mary had a major encounter. Oh, my gosh, giving birth to the Son of God? Like, seriously. You know, but Bethlehem wasn't something that was amazing. It wasn't a big, like, palace or you know a, a beautiful building or anything amazing but it was a place where God chose to move it was a place where God chose to do something great and it doesn't mean it you know places don't have to be 
religious or now they've turned a lot of things into Israel religious, I must say. I mean, it's such a significant place, but they've changed so much into religiosity that it's a bit sad, actually. But um, it doesn't, you know, we don't have to be in Bethlehem to have an encounter. We don't have to be in a palace or, you know, a wonderful building to have an encounter. We just have to be open to him and he will give us an encounter. But Bethlehem was a town of importance. It was a town of new birth. It was a town of um, redemption and it was a town of anointing. It was a beautiful town. And it all started way back with Jacob. So I'm going to take you on a little journey of Bethlehem because it wasn't just the place where Jesus was actually born. It was also the place where Jacob came upon one day after um, leaving his family, after having a fight with Esau, you know, stealing his birthright, and he was running away from um, his brother who he thought might kill him any second because he ripped him off totally. And, uh, you know, Jacob was a deceiver. He wasn't a great guy at the time. <laughs> he, you know, the things he did were pretty shameful. But, um, you know, he had an encounter with God. As he was running away from his sin and his brother. In Genesis 28, 11 to 18, there's a story that he saw a stairway to heaven. He stopped at this place and he saw a stairway to heaven and the angels were coming up and coming down, up and down from the stairway. And he thought, oh my gosh, this must be the house of God. This must be a place where God is. So he called it Bethel. He, he actually named this place Bethel. And so, which means the house of God. And then he had a second encounter. He had this wonderful encounter with God. God um, actually, at the same time, God gave him promises that he would have a nation and his, you know, his, um, his, uh, his children and children's children will be many and thousands upon thousands. And um, so at that time, he, he um, gave him this promise. But then he got married, he settled down, and all these things happened. And then he deceived his blooming father-in-law. He, he, he um, you know, he kind of, I wonder if he kind of forgot what he was doing and he forgot his encounter because then he fleed from his uh, father-in-law with all these sheeps and sheep and goats and all these things, and he came to this place, and he had a second encounter at Bethel, and it says in Genesis thirty-five nine. After Jacob returned from Paddan Aram, God appeared to him again and blessed him. God said to him, "Your name is Jacob." But you will no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be Israel. So he named him Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from you. And kings will be among your descendants. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I also give to you. And I will give you this land to your descendants after you. He had a life-changing encounter with God. God set 
his feet on the path he wanted to set it on, in this place called Bethel. Um, You know, encounters change us forever. Sometimes we can have an encounter and we know, oh my gosh, this is God. Maybe it's a change of direction in your life. It's a change of direction in your career. It's a change of um, something's happened in your family that's going to cause change. You know, um, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're suddenly alive to his will and his purpose in your life. You know, he gives you a revelation of his word and it just sets you on this exciting Um, journey in another direction in God and God is here he's the God of encounters he's the God of significance and no matter where you are no matter who you are he can give you this just like he did with Jacob even though he was a sinner just like us he was a sinner he was just a guy but God had chosen him for this great um, adventure He chose him for this great adventure that was going to cause many to come out of him, to start a nation, to start bringing in the salvation of of the world. Amen? Isaiah 55, 6-7 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them to our God for he will freely pardon. Today, if you are that person and you need pardoning, you need an encounter with God, today you can do that. You can call on him because he is near. He is still near. He has not left us nor forsaken us, but he is here in this place today. He is here with you and me and he wants to speak to us. Okay, now the second person who had an amazing, um, redemptive, sorry, significant redemptive encounter with God was Ruth. Would you believe? Do you know Ruth, who was Naomi? Naomi's um, mother, Naomi was her mother-in-law. And Naomi had left Bethlehem with her husband. Her husband was born in Bethlehem. And they left Bethlehem so that they would, um, because there was a famine there. And they left, didn't trust God, I feel. That's another story. Didn't trust God. (laughs) And they went into the land of Moab. And Moab was a terrible place where they served foreign gods. They used to throw their children into the fire. They used to do terrible things to worship this God that was um, all-consuming and just never was satisfied. wasn't real, was he? It was just a big, fat demon deceiving people. And um, so they moved there and they were looked after, but the, the father, the, her husband, and the two sons died while they were there. So, so much for finding a place of life and food, they still died. So what, it, what happened in Ruth 1.19? So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. Sorry, they, I forgot to say that they decided to go back to Bethlehem. Naomi was like so distraught and upset, says, I've got to go back. I've got to go back home. I've got to go back where I came from because, you know, nothing's here for me in Moab now. And uh, she had two daughter, daughters-in-law and 
one was Ruth and one came back with her and the other one stayed in Moab. And it said, when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them and the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? And Naomi was, um, you know, she was just a sad woman, very upset and she came back with a daughter-in-law that was from a foreign nation, which was looked down upon. You know, these women who used to come from foreign nations, they weren't meant to marry them or anything because they had, you know, worshipped foreign gods and they could lead men astray. But this one, Ruth, was an amazing girl. She, um, even though she came from that land, she chose to follow Naomi's God, to do what she wanted her to do, and she became a woman of stature in this area because what happened, as a lot of you may know, um, there's a thing called the kinsman redeemer. And when they went to Bethlehem, that was where the family was. And the kinsman redeemer is a person, usually a man, that would um, save family members from dire straits practically. He would come in and he would buy their land and he would give them a great life again. And there were two kinsmen redeemers there at the time who could save Naomi and Ruth from their despair. And the first one didn't want, didn't want them because he didn't want what came with it, which was to marry Ruth. And the second one, Boaz, said, I will take them, I will look after them, and I will marry Ruth. And Boaz and Ruth became, what did they become? Who knows? The great-grandfather and grandmother of Jesse, no, of David, King David, something like that. Here it says in Ruth 4, 13, So Boaz took Ruth and and became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse the father of David. And so this woman, Naomi and, and Ruth, Naomi was just in despair. She was so depressed. She just went back hoping for something to happen, hoping, I don't know what she was hoping for. But God came. He delivered them. He gave them a kinsman redeemer and redeemed them back into the family and gave them a great future, put their feet upon a path that brought glory to God that ushered in the king of kings. Isn't that amazing? You know, like this Moabite S, this girl who was nobody, was plucked out of this horrible nation and put into Bethlehem, and then now she became an heir, or a, what do you call it? An ancestor of Christ Jesus. Amazing. God can do anything with whoever he wants. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter about religion or laws. God can do what he wants. And he can give us redemption. And God meets us and he 
gives us this moment where we can receive redemption. We can be brought back into the kingdom of heaven because Jesus was, he, he was our redeemer. He's our kingsman redeemer now. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. We can all find redemption through Jesus Christ, no matter where we are, no matter who we are. Amen? So the third person that had a, an amazing encounter with um, God was um, David. This was in Bethlehem again. You know, David was a shepherd in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was known for shepherding. They used to have all the sheep on the hills there and it was um, very renowned, so it was a normal thing. It was a normal practice to be a shepherd. But it was always the youngest kid that got the job. If um, the, the oldest boy was born, he would do it. Then the next son, he would do it. Then it would just be passed down. And David, what was he? He was um, the youngest of eight boys. So he got this um, position of being the shepherd. And that being a shepherd was a very lowly position. It wasn't a high position. It was something where you're very isolated. You're out in the cold, the wind, the rain. You'd have to look after the sheep for hours upon hours, probably bored to tears, um, you know, Sam, maybe you could understand that right now. Poor Sam. <laughs> He's bored to tears at home with his foot up. And, you know, but he used to start, you know, praising and worshipping God. He had a relationship with God and God saw that. And God saw his heart right in the middle of Bethlehem. First Samuel 16, 1 says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I've rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. So he chose David. And in 1 Samuel 16, 7 on, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Don't you just love that? You know, and all the sons came passing by. He's like, not that one, not that one. Surely this one, Lord, surely this one. Came to the seventh son. He's like, are there any more? Oh, yeah, David, he's out. He's the youngest one. He's out looking after the sheep. Bring him in. Bring him in. And so then in verse 13, it says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers and from that day on the spirit of the lord came powerfully upon david samuel then went to rama the the from that day on the spirit of the lord came powerfully on him that was a significant day in david's life fancy being called out from what you're doing some lowly position from a place where you think, oh, no one can see me. No one sees me here. <laughs> and then you're brought into the house and the priest of Israel is there. Right, we're just going to anoint you because you're going to be the next king. Like, what? Wouldn't you be amazed? Wouldn't you just be, like, freaked out? I would be. I'd be like, I just can't believe what happened. Anyway, this is what happened to David. He had an encounter 
an anointing encounter with God. We can all have an anointing encounter with God. We can all have the Holy Spirit come upon us and he can come upon us all powerfully to make a difference, to be used of God, to speak the words of God, to, you know, do whatever he has called us to do. You know, without the Spirit, there is no life. Without the Spirit, what we do are dead works. We need his Spirit so that we can do things for God that make a difference, that will make an impact. And I feel like this is what God wants us for us today, to impact with his, impact us with his Holy Spirit, like he did with David. Like that would have been just crazy, crazy. Ephesians 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption of sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance to his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glory, glorious grace which he has freely given us. He has freely given us his grace. He has freely given us his spirit. Now we just have to have open hearts to receive it. You know, these three people were like, um, who were they? What was Jacob? He was a deceiver. Ruth was just a girl from another country who worshipped foreign gods David was a shepherd boy, but each one had a significant encounter in Bethlehem before Jesus was even born. So, Bethlehem. Bethlehem, you know Bethlehem means the house of bread. So it changed along the lines, I don't know where it changed to Bethlehem from Bethel, so the house of God turns to the house of bread. And this is when the bread of heaven comes down, Jesus Christ, the bread of life, the bread that we would never stop eating of, that we would always be able to eat of and have life from. Micah 5 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephathra, you know, <laughs> Bethlehem means house of bread, and Ephathra was another name for it, which meant fruitfulness. So there was so much happening from this birthplace called Bethlehem. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from the ancients of days, which is Jesus Christ. And out of him came fruitfulness. Out of him came salvation and life, didn't it? And we are part of that. We are part of that. You know, it's interesting because they had to go back to Bethlehem because Joseph was actually uh, from Bethlehem. That's the only reason why they went there. And Joseph was part of the kingly line of David. So it all happens in Bethlehem, people. Luke 2, 4 says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Isaiah 9 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government on his shoulders will be on his shoulders, 
and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Bethlehem was a place of encounter and Jesus Christ came from there and so did many other things. And sometimes God chooses places in our lives where we can have encounters and I believe this is a place. This is one of these places. How many times have we had encounters here? I was just talking to Blessing. She's not here today with a little girl. She's a solo mum. She has to work sometimes seven days to put bread on the table. It's very sad. But anyway, she was here the other week when we had an altar call. And she came up the front and she gave it all to God and said, you know, it was just like surrendering to him. She had tears in her eyes. She had... She was like having this encounter with God. It's like she didn't know what to do. Her life was hopeless because she just she she had to work so much. She couldn't see a child because she had to work so much. So after that day, she came and saw me last Sunday. She goes, Guess what, Denise? She says, After that day, that encounter I had with God. I got offered two amazing jobs. She says, I've been rejected for hundreds and hundreds of jobs. I've been so rejected. She's, she just felt terrible. But last Monday, after I had that time with God, I was offered two amazing positions. And I only have to work five days a week and sometimes from home. So, you know, God gives us encounters. We've got to be open to these things. They may seem like small things, but to her, it's going to make such a world of difference. She's going to be able to spend time with her child. She doesn't have to work her guts guts out just, you know, for um, a bit of money, you know, that will just put food on the table. Now she can be with her and she can, and she's getting pay rise and all these things. It's so good. Um, But, you know, God can give us an encounter and a change anywhere. And I think today, I want you guys to stand up. And if you do need redemption this morning, if you think, oh, wow, I haven't even had an encounter. I don't even know what that even means. You know, maybe you believe Jesus, believe about him, but you actually just need that encounter with him so he can start moving in your life and start doing something fresh and new. And I want us to, if anybody wants to rededicate their life to God, if anyone wants to give their life to God, I want you to just close your eyes now. And if there's anyone here who wants to do this, I want you to pray with me this morning. We're going to have the prayer of salvation up on the screen. And actually, you can't can't do that with your eyes closed, can you? (laughs) You have to open your eyes. So maybe all of us can pray this. Why don't we all rededicate our lives to the Lord? And let's just all have an encounter with him no matter what. So dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Saviour. Help me to follow you for the rest of my life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. But if you believe in your heart, you can't just say those words and think, I've just said it, I'm going to be saved. You have to believe it and say, God, I want this to happen from my heart. I really want a change. 
I really want you, Lord, in me. Come, Lord Jesus. So I'm going to open up this morning this altar for a time of prayer, for a time where I want you to to have some heartfelt time. Say, Lord, I want an encounter with you. I know you're there for me. And I need that fresh wind. I need a freshness. I need a touch. So as we sing this this morning, if you want prayer, if you just want to reach out to God and just be real with Him this morning, why don't you come to the front? We'll pray. Amen.